0: Hey friends, welcome to the City Hope Podcast. My name is Bobby Thompson and I have the privilege of serving as a lead pastor. I pray that today's message would inspire you, it would encourage you and it would also challenge you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy today's sermon. Thank you guys so much for being here uh, with us today. Um, if I haven't got to meet you yet, my name is Bobby. I'd love to meet you today. Um, uh, and we're just so honored that you decided to be here with us. Uh, we kind of had an eventful week this week, right? Well, really kind of an uneventful week. Like we thought it might be an eventful. Um, but I guess, it was, I guess it was a little bit different. Um, but um, we do have some of our church family right now that has family members down in Florida. They're on their way now to help. Pick up and do whatever they can. So, if you know someone that that needs some help or needs some resources, please don't hesitate to reach out. And I mean, that's what the church is all about, right—to help each other in those in those times. And so, um, maybe it's not so much uh, manpower or picking up after a storm. Maybe it's just. Maybe you're just in a season where you just need some prayer. You need somebody praying for you. And I just want to I want to kind of brag on them but also let you guys know we have a amazing team of people that we call our care team. And these are people who have a heart for the Lord and have a heart for people and they would love to 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 pray with you, to get you on their list, to to check on you, to love on you no matter what's going on and so uh, if you want to, uh, uh, you can do that through our website. You can get a prayer request going there, or you can talk to someone there. And those people—they're they're phenomenal people who would love to, to help you with that. Okay, so today we're in week three of a series called "Yes, You." Yes, You. So many times we come to church and we think, "Man, I wish so and so could have heard that," or "Or I really wish, I really wish my husband and wife were listening." I hope my kids are paying attention to what he's saying. And we think about other people, or maybe you come to church and you feel like, ah, that's for, that's for those other people. I'm not there yet. I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm not a good enough Christian. I haven't been following Jesus for very long. And so I, I don't know if that's for me. You kind of get that unlikely feeling like God can't use me. Uh, that's for other people. Well, this series is what we're doing is we're trying to challenge that mindset. Challenge that mindset to understand that, hey, guess what? Um, I can look at God's word and God says he can use me. And, And even me, yes, even you can be used by God because God uses the small. He uses the outsider. He uses the most unlikely people all throughout Scripture. And so I believe that we can uh, all understand this from a from a standpoint of, yes, you can do something amazing for the Lord, all right? And so um, we've been in this for, for th- two weeks now, and this is week three. Um, and just a quick review, real quick, for those of you who uh, maybe you've been sick like me. Anybody been sick lately? Anybody? Man, I was in bed all week. It was awful, all right? Uh, a couple of you been sick. We got some folks out sick today. Um, it's not fun. It's just it's just, it gets to the point where you're like, I can't lay here anymore, right? Like, I, it's awful, I wanna get up, and then my wife gets mad at me and makes me go back to bed, so. Um, but that has nothing to do with anything. Uh, our mission, we talked about two weeks ago, our mission here at City Hope, and, and I really believe this, I want this to be your mission as a, as a follower of Christ, is inviting everyday people to experience the hope of Jesus in every way. I believe that, and we talked about you and I can walk out of here today and live our lives with that mission, that filter going through everything that we do. And so if we live on this mission, okay, well, what is, what does that mean? If I come to church here every week or or wherever I go to church, if I go and I sit, like, what's a goal for me, right? We want to have goals as a Christian, as a follower of Christ. And so two weeks ago, or last week, we looked at what we call the marks of a disciple, Marks of a disciple. And there's, there's these, these four things that we're looking at. And last week we talked about number one is having a healthy family. A healthy family. We believe in your family. We want to see your family be healthy. And we believe in the role that your family plays in our world. And so we want to help you um, strive to have a healthy family. Well, today we're going to look at number two. Um, the second mark of a disciple, the second goal that I believe every single one of us can, can live for. And today I've titled this one being one focused, being one focused. OK, and so we'll take a few minutes and unpack what that really means. And I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, right? The, the heart behind being one focused flows right with our mission, right? If I want to invite everyday people to, to Experience Jesus and experience the hope of Jesus. I have to have a focus. So one of our fo- one of our goals as a follower of Christ should be to help others become followers as well. Because I truly believe that um, the world needs better Christians, but the world also needs more Christians. And so we want to see everyone here at City Hope Church to have a focus on one person. And kind of the tagline with that is this, someone who's close to you, but far from God. Someone who is close to you, you know them, they know you, someone's close to you, but far from God. Now, Jesus was the ultimate example of this type of lifestyle. Okay, if you all look all throughout the scripture, yes, there's there's so many times Jesus preached to thousands. Right. Jesus walked with hundreds or or even dozens of people. He walked with those. But over and over and over, we see when Jesus did ministry, he did it one on one. He had someone in mind. He had someone uh, uh, think about the story of uh, the woman at the well right? He was directly speaking into her life. Think about the woman caught in adultery, right? There was all these people around, but then he all those people left and he had this ministry with this one lady. Think about, we talked about this guy, the, the little guy up in the tree. Remember him, the tax collector? All these people were following Jesus and what did he do? He singled this guy out and he had this one focus. But the truth is this, is that Jesus, we just sang this song, Jesus is relentless when it comes to just one person. He's he's uncompromising, he's unyielding when, when he wants to show and pursue us with his love and his grace, even when other people don't understand it. And so that's what we're gonna pick up today. If you have your Bible, go to Luke chapter number 15. Luke chapter number 15. And if you don't have your Bible, it's okay we're going to judge you, but it's on the screen uh, behind me. So let's stand together in honor of the reading of God's word. We're going to read a couple of stories here in Luke chapter number 15, the first 10 verses. Let's, let's look at these. All the tax collectors and sinners were approaching to listen to him. Don't forget that verse right there. We'll come back to that. The Pharisees and the scribes were complaining. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man among you who has a hundred sheep and loses one of them does not leave the 99 in the open field and go after the lost one until he finds it? Verse five, when he has found it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders. Coming home, he calls his friends and neighbors together saying to them, rejoice with me because I've found my lost sheep. I tell you in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need repentance verse 8 or the woman who has 10 silver coins if she loses one coin does not light a lamp sweep the house search carefully until she finds it and when she finds it she calls her friends and neighbors together saying rejoice with me because i have found the silver coin i lost i tell you in the same way there is in the same way there is joy in the presence of god's angels over one sinner who repents. Father, I pray your blessing on the reading of your word. Lord, speak to our hearts today. Use this to help each and every one of us get a get a focus in our life, get a mission in our life to to see people the way you do. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> I want to I want to start back at verse 1 and and really kind of unpack this story. So obviously Jesus is is in his earthly ministry. He's walking around. He's ministering to people. He's teaching. And I want you to see this. Verse 1, go back to that. All the tax collectors and sinners were approaching him. Now, now let's think about that for a minute. All the, the, what what the world would classify as the, the, the bad people. All the tax collectors and the sinners were approaching to listen to him. Like the non church people were really interested in seeing and hearing Jesus. They wanted to see what he was all about. They wanted to see it for the, the, the first thing. But, but look what happens. All these, all these non church people, if you will, want to come hear Jesus, but then look at the very first thing that they get when they get there the Pharisees and the scribes were complaining. The first thing when they get there and they see Jesus, the first thing they get was all the church people going like, "What are you doing here? Why? Why are these guys here? What is going on, Jesus? Why? Why are you hanging out with this?" Now, now let's stop and be real. Okay, you guys know. Uh, um, um, I'm probably not like most pastors. Like, I just want to be honest. How many, well, I don't know that we'll ever know this number. How many people who who we would consider lost or unchurched, how many people have come to a church today and felt like these guys? And said, got the dirty look. Got the, oh, don't sit with us. Got the, oh, this seat's taken. How, I mean, we'll never know the number, but how many people have been turned away from Jesus because of his church today? This is a, a true story. When Cher and I, uh, we got married and. 2004, I think, 2004, um, but in, in 02 and 03, we were uh, working together at a church in Kentucky, and I was coaching football, and at that time, um, we had a small Christian school, and we were just trying to build up the program, and so we had a bunch of new kids come in, and these kids didn't know Jesus, and they didn't know much about anything, and so we would always invite them to church on Sundays with us, and, and sometimes go pick them up, and And I'll never forget this young man um, started coming to our church he came to our youth group on Wednesday nights and and one Wednesday night he said coach Bobby I'm gonna bring my mom to church on Sunday we've never been to church I'm bringing her to church I'm like dude that's amazing and I just it got me excited and I couldn't wait and and I was waiting on Sunday morning came along and and he came running in the back of the church and he's like breathing real hard and he's like crying he's like man can, can you come out here and help I'm like what what's going on and so I run out there, and, and long story short, what had happened, his mom had just got uh, surgery on her leg, okay? And she didn't have a handicap sticker or anything in her car, but she just had surgery on her leg. She couldn't walk. She was in a wheelchair, um, and she parked in one of our deacon's parking spots. You guys know where I'm going. This man... Who was a deacon in our church? Got so mad he started screaming at this lady, "Why are you parking in this spot? This is not for you. You don't even have a handicap thing." And and the young boy comes up to me and he said, "My mom doesn't want to come in, and he's crying, and he he asked me, he said, Coach Bobby, why are these church people so mean?" Man, broke my heart. Like I wanted to go rip that dude's head off. (laughs) Right? I'm just being honest. I was so mad and, so, like, like his fo- your, your followers, Jesus, like, I can just imagine him, like, aren't, aren't church people supposed to be different? Aren't, aren't those people who call themselves Christian, aren't they supposed to live a little bit different? Aren't they supposed to be a little bit like Jesus was? And it just, I wonder, I mean, that was 20 years ago, and I just wonder over the years, I have no idea if that lady ever stepped foot in a church. How many people, because of church, because of mean church peoples, the Pharisees and the scribes were complaining, how many people have been turned away from Jesus? You guys probably remember or have read something about Gandhi. Gandhi said this one time. He said, I like your Christ, but I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. This is a guy who's a leader of a whole nother religion. I like your Christ. I like Jesus, but I don't like his followers. They're so unlike him. And so what that tells me today, church, is we got to stop lecturing and start loving. We got to stop. We we, got to be better at picking people up than putting them down. As a church, we have to do a better job. As a church, man, my prayer is that, that City Hope Church, we would be a church that extends grace to people, that extends mercy for people. Why? Not because they deserve it, but because we got the same thing. So we have this group of religious people and they're questioning Jesus, right? Who are you spending time with? Why are you spending time with those folks? And the, and the reality is, here's what I think. I think the Pharisees and the scribes, they were basing all of this off of what they thought was their worth, right? They thought, well, well, I'm the one who's memorized all the scripture. I'm the one who goes to church all the time. I'm the one who does all, does all the good stuff, right? So, so Jesus, you should hang out with me. They were basing their, their frustrations off of what they thought was their good deeds and their worth. But Jesus is hanging out with the people who didn't do any of that. That's not fair, Right. And, and they were they were seeing it through through what they thought was was their good deeds. Why would he do that? Why would he hang out with those guys? If I'm the one who's who's striving to live for Christ and striving and I'm worshiping and I'm singing and I'm praying and I'm trying to raise my family the right way. Why are they the ones that he's hanging out with? And, you know, if you really stop and think about that, that's, that's kind of that selfish mechanism that we all have, right? Every single one of us can probably relate in some way to these Pharisees. Like, okay, yeah, like I understand what they're saying. They're the ones that are trying really hard. They want to hang out with Jesus, but he's going to hang out with other people. So Jesus kind of hears their whining, and he says, okay, let me tell you guys a couple stories. Let me tell you guys, let me, let me show you guys what I'm really all about. And so he he goes into this story that that is a very familiar, very popular story about the sheep and the shepherd. Now, understand during this time, everybody, like he was using this analogy, sheep and shepherd, because everybody knew what, what that meant here, right? If you weren't a shepherd farmer, like probably your brother was, your cousin was, you knew somebody. Everybody understood this parable, this story, when he started using these sheep. And then he, so he he tells them this story. They're complaining and he he says, all right, church people, let me tell you this story. What man among you, verse four, has a hundred sheep, loses one of them and does not leave the 99 in the open field and go after the lost one until he finds it. So, So wait a minute, you got a hundred sheep, you have a hundred sheep and you lose just one and you leave the 99 going, searching for that one, and then you find the one and you call everybody and tell everybody, let's have a party. Like that's, that's kind of a, an awkward, weird story, right? Like I'm not, I'm not the greatest math, like I'm not a mathlete, like I, I get it, right? But, but, but 99 to me is so much more than one, right? It, it, there's a lot more when 90, like okay, If you come up today and give me $100, okay? And when I was a kid, I used to do this. If I ever got $100, which is very rare. If I ever got $100, you know what I would do? I would go get it all in ones so that I could have the big stack of money, right? Anybody, y'all ever do that? Like, that's when you know you're poor. Like, you just try to look rich. And and I would always go get one. If if you give me $100 and I got all ones and, and I lost one of them, probably not really gonna bother me, right? I still got 99 more. I'm still good to go. I'm okay with that. It really, like, logically, mathematically, this really doesn't make a lot of sense. Why would you leave 99 sheep, like, do they not matter? Do they not, do they not matter anymore? And I think Jesus is telling this story and all these guys that are, are, they understand sheep, they understand shepherds, they understand what what goes on there. And I think what Jesus is really trying to teach them is the value that he puts on every one of his children. Every single one matters. I I heard someone tell this story because uh, I have, we have some close friends who, uh, uh, down in Louisiana, they work at a church and, and me and the uh, uh, husband, are real good buddies, and Shira and the, and the wife are good friends. And one time we got into having a conversation and she was just like, oh, I don't like that song because I have so many friends that feel like they're in the 99 and that Jesus just leaves them, right? And they, they feel like, well, why, did, why, why would he just leave me? Why is, Do I not matter anymore? And so I heard someone explain it like this, and and I thought, man, I I can't explain it any better. Imagine this. Let Let me just read it to you as a story. It says, you might consider the shepherd leaving the 99 to find the one in this way. A father and his five children are asleep in their home when the smoke detectors go off. The father awakens to find his house filled with smoke and the sound of flames and crackling timber coming nearer. Panicked, he races to his children's bedrooms and begins to rouse them, calling to some and carrying others. He stumbles down the stairs and out the front door. He deposits the sleepy children out on the grass a safe distance away, and then he turns. Grasping for air, he squints through the smoke and counts his kids, Tim, Sally, Angel, Jojo. Where's Lily? He's missing his youngest, three-year-old Lily. Four children are safe, One is not. What will this father do? What are you doing? I'm going to find Lily. It's not that I don't love my other four. They're safe. They're good. I want Lily. I need Lily to get out of the house. God doesn't abandon the ninety-nine. God doesn't just leave them because he's not interested. They're already safe. They're already uh, righteous. They're already rescued. His heart aches for the one who's not there yet. And and I want you to think about this. As a parent, let's really get this. As a parent, let's just say Lily was the most uh, misbehaved child. Does it matter at that moment? Let's just say Lily and and dad got in a fight right before bedtime. Does that matter in that moment? Let's just say Lily is is a smart aleck teenager. Does it matter in that moment? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Now, Now bring that to your life and to mine. It doesn't matter if you didn't grow up in church. It doesn't matter if you, if you forgot to read your Bible yesterday. It doesn't matter if for the last couple weeks you, you, you've kind of drifted away in your relationship with Christ. Like, it doesn't matter. Jesus is trying to help us understand the value he puts on every single one. Jesus loves the one. And his heart aches for the one who's not there yet. And none of the stuff, none of, your, none of your list of deeds matters in, in this moment. The deciding factor here is love. It's his love just as that father, the deciding factor in going to get his daughter in this burning down house is love. Jesus loves the one. Jesus loves the one. And, and, and I love this because we, we don't do a good job of this. Look at verse seven. He says, I tell you, in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than, other, than over 99 righteous people who don't need. He says, there's gonna be rejoicing over one. They're throwing parties in heaven when one person comes to Jesus. When one person, he's like Pharisees, church people, don't you get it? Don't you understand? That's why I'm here. I'm not here just to hang out with you. I'm here because we want to throw more parties in heaven. You're good to go. You're safe. You're covered under my blood. You're going to be in heaven with me one day. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get to work. Let's find the family members that aren't there yet. Let's go tell our friends who aren't there yet. I want to make sure they come too. So Jesus is telling this the shepherd and sheep story and the the church people, they're, they're upset and they're like, why are you hanging out with these people? Well, then he goes and tells this other story. What woman has 10 silver coins if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, search carefully until she finds it. When she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, rejoice with me because I've found the silver coin. Now, Students, kids in the room, can you just imagine for me, just, just for a minute, today you go home and you just see your dad ripping couch cushions out, and he's like throwing stuff all around, he's looking under the, under the TV, uh, like, Dad, what are you doing? And he's like, man, I lost a quarter. <laughs> I can't find my quarter. You're going to be like, what? Dad, what are, you, what are you talking about? What do you mean you lost a quarter, Right? Maybe, maybe today, like, like uh, you know, all those donuts were out there today, and you just came up and you just took one, all right? Some of you had two, some of you had three. <laughs> I see you, Joe. Uh, <laughs> you're like, dude, I just ate one. It's not a big deal, right? It's not that big a deal. It's just one. Like, like okay, wait a minute. Like 99 won, 10, 10 coins, you lost one. So what? What is the big deal? Like, we just need to calm down here. Like, this is a little weird, right? And and I think here's what we got to get to and understand, all right? When we read stories like this, and and I truly believe this, it's not about sheep. It's not about coins. It's all about Jesus. It's not about uh, uh, I'm relating to the sheep. I'm relating to the coin. It's about the love of Jesus. Jesus is relentless when he's pursuing one person. He's putting this this illogical price tag like it doesn't make sense why he would go through what he went through. It just doesn't seem to to get it. But but here's where we got to get. God's not like us. It doesn't have to make sense for us. He's not like us. When it comes to investing in his people, it's not going to make sense because God is a pursuer of even one. God is a pursuer of even one. And I think when we read these stories, and and if you're here today and you consider yourself a follower of Christ, like you you know Jesus, you have a relationship with him, you and him are, are, you're striving after him. When you read stories like this, when Jesus is telling the church people, hey, this is the value that I put on even one person, knowing his heart for one should affect your attitude for one knowing his heart and the value that he puts on every single person in the world, it should affect my attitude towards those same people. If it breaks God's heart, it should break mine. If I'm I'm a disciple of Christ, if I'm someone striving to be a follower of Jesus, if there's something that breaks God's heart, then it should break mine. I'm going to ask you today, church, what breaks your heart? What is it right now in your life that's, that's breaking your heart? I want you to think about it for a minute because we, we go through life, right? We go through hard stuff. Sometimes our, the, the, the state of our marriage might break our heart. Like it's just struggling, right? Sometimes we go through tough stuff. Sometimes the relationship with our kids, the relationship with our family members, sometimes my, my, you know, my boss or whatever. There's, there's lots of things in our lives that, that can break our heart. But when it comes to being a follower of Christ... when it comes to truly sitting down and, and understanding and saying, okay, this is the cost of following Jesus. There's gonna be times in my life where I have to go, um, Bobby, today, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's, n- it's not about what's going on in your, your little piece of the world, your little bitty tiny bubble of the world. And here's what we do. And I think this is what the Pharisees were doing. They got so focused on me. I want to spend time with Jesus. I want to be the one that he comes and talks. I want to be the one to eat with him. I want... And they got so focused on themselves. What did they do? They missed out on the, the tax collectors and the sinners. And we see what, what Jesus says. Man, you 99, you're Good, I love you. You're safe. Let's go find another one. Let's go find another one. Oh, the 10 coins. I got nine. I, got, I found nine. I, I, I want to get that one. I don't want to lose that one. If it breaks God's heart, it should break my heart. And if you look inside of your life today, and, and, and first and foremost, I would say, if you don't really know what breaks God's heart, Start there. Start start figuring that out. The Bible's full of of really good stuff that that Jesus calls us to and and explains the cost of following him. But what what breaks God's heart should break mine. So who's your one? Right now in your life, who's, who's someone that's close to you but far from God? Close to you far from God. And here's what I love about Jesus. When when, when Jesus was on earth and he was was calling people to be his followers, right, he told them really, really clearly up front when when the disciples were being chosen, he told them, here's going to be some of your goals. If you're going to follow me, here's what's going to happen. Look what he says to to a couple of his, uh, Simon and Andrew, he says uh, in Mark chapter 1, And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. So he told them right at the beginning, listen, guys, if you want to follow me, there's a cost of following me. It's not going to be about you catching fish anymore. It's going to be about you going to help me find more people. I want you to help me reach one more. I want you to help me reach one more because one more matters to me. Listen, the gospel message has the power to change lives. Think about that in your own heart and in your own life. The the message of Jesus, the hope that, that, that shines into darkness, that gives hope in hopeless places, that delivers evil men from hell. The gospel has the power for that. There's no other message in the world that has that power. And that was the message to, to, to Simon, Peter, and Andrew. He says, follow me, learn about me, understand me, understand my mission, understand my message. And then once you get all that, go find one more. Go be fishers of men. Get your focus off of you all the time and go focus on someone else. My challenge to our church today, to you as a follower of Christ today, if you're here and you're already following Jesus, let me just encourage you today. Go fish. Go fish. We live in a world who needs Jesus. Go live your life one-focused. Find the one who God wants to bring home and he wants to use you to be his hands and his feet and his, his messenger. And he wants to use you to shine the gospel light into someone's soul. One friend, one family member, one coworker, one neighbor, one person at a time. One person at a time. And listen, listen, look what happens when that one person's found. There's rejoicing in heaven. There's a party in heaven. And not only is there a party in heaven, but there's a party here on earth. Go fish. Let's be a church full of fishermen. Let's be a church who don't just talk about it. We live our life with one focus, man. We wanna invite everyday people to experience the hope of Jesus that I've experienced. I wanna see more people come and do that. My goal as a follower of Christ, have that one focus. Go fish, be a fisher of men. Who's your one? Who's your one? Who's somebody right now in your heart? And and I wanna challenge you to to do this throughout, throughout today. At some point today, Pray, seek the Lord. Maybe you already know the one. Man, I know who it is. I know who it is. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I've got one. I, I, I actually have, I have one for sure. My sister, bless her heart, she's had a rough life. She's got a boyfriend, and his name's Brian. And I'm praying one day they'll come down here and come to church, but I've been sending him songs, and sending him scripture, praying for him on the phone. It's a guy that doesn't know Jesus. I'm just telling you that. That's just who God put in my path. It's just somebody in my life. Who's your one? Who's your one that you can write down this week you can put it in the front of your Bible, put it on your Bible, put it in your car windshield, put it somewhere, put that person's name somewhere in your life where every day you're one focused. And your goal, your goal Is to show them Jesus, to shine his light in their life. We got enough Christians on the bench. We got enough Christians that just sit around and focus on me. And and I'm like the Pharisees and and, oh man, okay, Jesus, yay. Kind of lose the awe, we lose the wonder. Who's your one? I'm gonna ask Brad to come on back up, but as he's coming up, I wanna I wanna just challenge you today, obviously, to, to find the one if you're a follower of Christ. But but here's the reality that I believe with all of my heart. Maybe you're here today. And the truth is, as we talked about these two stories, the truth is you feel like the one. The truth is you relate to the one. You feel like that lost sheep. Everybody else has got it together, but not me. Everybody else is doing good, but not me. I'm over here and I feel lonely. I feel all by myself. I feel like I'm not good enough. I feel like I don't have that relationship with Christ. And the reality is you feel like that one and the Lord's working on your heart. My question to you today is, are you ready to surrender? Maybe you're new to this church thing, you're new to this Jesus thing, maybe not. The the reality is it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. The the reality is if if you're the one, then Jesus is pursuing you. He's passionate. He's not going to give up on you. You're here for a reason. He's passionate about showing you His love. He's passionate about you surrendering your life to Him. Just like the dad would be running into the building to get poor Lily because she's still in there. God sees you and he says, I want him to be on my team. I want her. I got to get her out. Maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Christ. Regardless of who you are, regardless of what you've done, Jesus is relentless for you. I want, you to, I want you to hear that. The, the, whole, the whole series title is Yes, You. And I want you to hear that today and, and, and personalize that. Yes, you matter to God. Yes, you need to have a one focus. Yes, you can spend an eternity in heaven. Yes, you. If you don't know Christ today, you're out there on that island you feel like the one you can know today you don't have to leave here you don't have to lay your head down on the pillow one more night and feeling like I'm lonely I don't know you can know Jesus today and if you're here today and you want to know Christ then then let me just encourage you when we all leave and we go eat up the rest of the donuts and we all go to lunch and all that man our team there's several of us we're going to be in here we're going to be out in the hallway would you just walk up and say hey I feel like the one. I need to give my life to Jesus. Man. Nothing more would is worth celebrating. Nothing more is worth our time. Nothing more. That's why we're here. And this week, as you go out through your life, let me just encourage you. Let's be one focused. Begin to pray. Ask God, who's the one? Who's the one person that I can begin to invest in? I can begin to to shine the light of Jesus in. Maybe it's gonna be a tough, long road. Maybe it'll be quick. But let's let's not be like the Pharisees and the scribes. Let's not be like the church people. Let's not be like that deacon from Kentucky. (laughs) Let's have a focus in our Christian lives that we go out and we shine that light of Jesus. Father, I love you. I'm so thankful for your word. I'm thankful for your encouragement, your call, your challenge to our hearts and our lives. I pray that today would be a catalyst that that pushes so many of us into a deeper walk with you as we're striving to to bring others with us. Lord, I know that there's some of us in here, family members, are, are lost. Give us wisdom, give us words, give us boldness and courage to speak truth and life into those family members. I know some of us have friendships that are struggling. Help us to point people to you. Lord, let us live a life focused on others. We love you, Lord. Let's stand to our feet today, church, and as we kind of end our time together, this is a time for you just to Sing out, worship the Lord, spend time with him. Answer the call. If you need someone to talk with you, our prayer care team is here in our green shirts. Whatever you need, be obedient to what God's calling you to today. Brad's gonna lead us. Thanks again for tuning in with us today. We would love to connect with you and the best way to do that is through social media or go straight to our website. God bless you and have a wonderful day.